Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to Daily Daft Differently. This is Esther Israel from the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. Today we're going to be learning Yivamot Kufgimim, 103. It's important to remember that one of the main concerns of those who were involved in the creation of Midrashe Halacha and the Gemara, whether they're studying Yibum or most other halachic questions that originate in Torah law, is that the practice match up with what the Torah intended. Therefore, we sometimes find questions about strange liminal cases, like, if someone were to try and fulfill a certain mitzvah, but in this slightly different way, would that fulfill the Torah's requirements? The shoe that the Torah assumes the man is wearing, in the case of Chalitza, is understood by the Mishnah as a shoe having straps or laces. So, what if the man were wearing, for instance, shoes that were fastened by a Velcro strap? Would that be a shoe by the Torah standards? In that case, would that then be a shoe with which somebody could perform chalitza? The examples that were brought in the Tanaitic and Amoraic texts show clear awareness of the changes that have occurred in shoe wear since the times of the Bible. There are many details that are questions, questioned and many clarifications that are demanded. There is a search underway for possible variations on the quote-unquote normal Torah chalitza ceremony that could either lead to a happily ever after, free ex-brother-in-law, free ex-sister-in-law, or to a dangerous situation of the two people thinking they're properly divorced from each other, keep in mind that chalitza is a type of divorce, with all of the lines severed. But what if it were a defunct chalitza? That might lead to the woman remarrying while still technically married, or at least not unmarried, from a man, her ex-brother-in-law, and then marry another. That would be adultery. That would lead to the possibility of mamzerim. Therefore, the search for the cases that would end up being kosher or non-kosher chalitza. There's a bright that begins at the very bottom of Daf Kuf Bet Amud Bet 102b, which gives us a few cases like that, and asks about the possibility of those types of shoes or variations on the regular chalitza situation, and whether they count as kosher chalitza or not. Among other things, it tells us that hacholetzet min hagadol, ben omed, ben yoshev, ben muteh, etc., chalitza takshira. That would translate as the chalitza act performed by a woman who removes the shoe from an adult, that's a legal adult, whether he is standing, sitting, or leaning over, is valid. Now, when I'm, to- when I'm told by a legal text that a certain act is valid or satisfies a certain requirement, I'm inclined to ask, why did you tell me that? Was this just something you felt like saying? Somebody else thought of asking it? Or is there a reason that I might have thought otherwise, so I needed to hear this? Is there a hava amina, um, I might have said or I might have thought, lurking here somewhere? Like, might I have thought that the chalitza, the removal of the shoe, of a man who was leaning, sitting, or maybe even standing, or all of those, might not be proper and halachically binding? We may just find the answer to that in the biblical text. When the recalcitrant Yabam 
is called before the court to try and sort out the matter of the Yibum, or not Yibum. It describes the moment in Dvarim Kafe, Chet Tet. Dvarim 25, 8, The elders of the town will summon him and he will stand before them and say, I do not wish to take her, at which point the Chavitza happens. He will stand before the elders of his town. Well, what if he sits instead? What if he's supposed to stand, but nobody informed him that he has to, and he sat or leaned over? And with nobody stopping that, and what if a witness later remembers the fact? Could the chalitza be retroactively declared invalid with all the very severe possible consequences? That's the question. The Baraita answers that the position of the man in court, the physical position, is not crucial to the validity of the ceremony. And that if he did sit, even though lechatchila, to begin with, he should have stood, the chalitza will not hinge upon this detail and will still be kosher. Standing is indeed the normative way to appear in a court setting. We could say even that the Torah was using the word stand to indicate the idea of appearing in court and not prescribing that this must necessarily be the way he must appear. This is not part of the one of the essential elements. This is a case where the situation is judged vis-a-vis the Torah law and deemed a variation that can be tolerated. It might not be what the Torah meant, but the diavad, it is livable, it is kasher. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.